let's just start with the word of prayer. Father, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you. We worship you. We bless you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, because you're a God of all creation. You're the Lord of heaven and earth. And Father, Lord, you sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come to the earth to be our final solution for all the evil that we were bound by, to give us redemption that our hand could never get, all the strength of man could never receive and be freed from this great pit that we were in, Lord. We and our forefathers, for Father, you had mercy and sent your Son, devoid of all royalty, emptied of everything, and to become like one of us, so that we can be rescued out, and we can be exchanged with your righteousness, with your glory, and with your authority, and with your power. And we thank you for that, O Lord. Father, I pray that you will give us a revelation today, Lord, to this group of your children, Lord, the revelation of the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ, in all his glory, and all his power, O Lord, even as we coming close to the close of this year, and we stand at the threshold of a new, brand new decade. Oh Lord, let your victory and your power be manifest in our life, oh Lord. And that we'll be able to lean on to you, the rod that you are in our lives. We worship you, we thank you. Holy Spirit, bring your revelation and in, um, in, uh, in, in a way that we can eat of it and receive it. And bear much fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Last time we have studied the message on come see the man. And um, we'll continue that because we really did not cover everything. And I think the Holy Spirit was leading us uh, and getting into some of the some other uh, revelation within that Bible study. But today we'll just continue that session of come see the man. And today the, the message is that the revelation of Jesus Christ brings authority. Let me repeat. The revelation of Jesus Christ brings authority. So let's go to Genesis chapter 45. Genesis chapter 45, verse 24. Remember we studied last time where when Joseph, when Joseph's brothers went to Egypt to see Joseph, they saw Joseph in a very different light than they had seen him before. When they were, when Joseph was with them, he looked like any other, any other guy, ordinary guy, a shepherd, kept the sheep. But when they went to Egypt, they saw him glorified at the Pharaoh's right hand, seated with all authority and all power. And then Joseph tells them this one thing, Genesis chapter 45 verse 24. So he sent his brothers away and they departed and he said to them, see that you do not become troubled along the way. Very interesting. So what he's saying is now that you have a revelation on how great I am, that I am I'm a ruler over all of Egypt, right? Make sure that as you go back to your land, now you have to depend on your revelation to keep you in that land. Make sense? Now, I'm not coming with you, but you have a revelation that who I am. Now, when you go along the way, make sure that you are not troubled along the way. And this is something that is very important. As we live our life as a believer, 
it's important that when troubles come, when evil report come, you still have a revelation of the Joseph in Egypt. You still have to know that Joseph is reigns. You still have to know that Jesus reigns and Jesus is right now at the seat at the right hand of the Father because he is no longer as a savior walking on the shores of Galilee. Right? So you're almost like you are one of the 12 disciples. Jesus was with you. You could see him physically. You could touch him. He was healing the blind. He was raising the dead. You could, you could lean onto him. You could lie on his lap. Correct? Now Jesus has gone and is resurrected and he's seated at the Father's right hand. So let me ask you a question. Is he at a much better place now than when he was with you physically walking in the streets of Israel? Is he at a better place right now? Yes. Yes, much better place. At much higher place. With more authority. So what he's saying is now that you have this revelation of Jesus, make sure that you're not troubled along the way. Go to this. So when they went and told, they went and told, uh, uh, Genesis chapter 45 verse 26, and they told him saying, Joseph is alive. And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. That's the revelation that you need to have right now. Joseph is still alive. And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still because he did not believe them. Which was a problem. Correct? But when they had told him all the words which Joseph had said to them. And when he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him. The spirit of Jacob their father revived. Then Israel said, it is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I'll go and see him before I die. Okay, so this is the revelation that you need to have. Joseph is still alive. And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. Jesus is still alive. And he is governor over all the land of Egypt. Okay, let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 9, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God, for he who has entered this rest has also ceased from his works, as God has done from his. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful, we studied that last time, the word is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of heart. For there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom he must give account. And we studied the last time saying that God's word is powerful and everything has to give an account to God's word. Amen? Everything has to give an account to God's word. Okay? Look at the next verse. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. See, it's continuation of that previous verse. Of that, the word of God being powerful. What, is, what does it say? Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. Seeing then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. This is very important. We can hold fast our confession by doing what? Seeing Jesus. By seeing Jesus. So what is the confession that you have to hold fast on? That Joseph is still alive and he is 
governor over all of Egypt. <laughs> you got it. So you now, now you have to see Jesus like that. He is Lord of all. He lives and he is governor over heaven and earth. You hold fast to that confession because now he is the high priest. And his word, everything has to give an account to that word. So in your life, you have to know that everything that you stand for is Jesus' word. And it has to give an account to Jesus' word because Jesus is still alive. See, when a ruler in the world dies, does his rule has power or not? No. Unless it is enshrined in the law. But if a person dies, his plans perish. But Jesus' words are alive because Jesus is alive. So he is able to make it work because he is still alive. So that's very powerful. He, we have a living Jesus. We have a living God who is exalted. Very, very important. Okay, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1. And we'll rush through today very fast. Because I want you to get a very powerful revelation of Jesus. The revelation of Jesus that brings authority. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse, verse 10. Let's do, look at this. So uh, uh, now, uh, here, At this point, Jeremiah is a young man who's not a prophet yet. God calls him and tells him, See, I have set this day, set you over the kingdoms and over the nations to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build and to plant. So he gives him great authority, a young guy. I think he was like, what, 19 years old or something around that age. Young guy. And God gives him great authority to bring down kingdoms just by words. A young man. God gives him authority to bring down kingdoms. And because of Jeremiah, huge national, huge empires came down. They, the Assyrian Empire, the Babylonian Empire, the Egyptian Empire. They moved because of the words of Jeremiah. That the, the authority that you and I have right now in Christ Jesus. But look at what happens. Now God has now given him the words and given him the authority. But for it to work, for that authority to work, God wants Jeremiah to have something very unique. What is that? Remember the previous example, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9. How can, you hold to hold, how can you hold fast to your confession? By what? By? By seeing Jesus. You have to see Jesus exalted for that authority to work. I'll show you this picture. This picture is throughout the Bible. Let's look at the next verse. The next verse. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, this is Jeremiah. I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for now I am, I am, I am ready to perform my work. So look at what he says. When he says, what do you see, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah says, I see a branch of an almond tree. Now God says, you have seen well. So when you see an almond tree rod, you have seen well. Because who is that almond tree rod? Jesus. Jesus. How do we know that it's Jesus? Let's go to Exodus chapter 25 verse 31. Exodus chapter 25 verse 31. 
I want you to underline these verses in the Bible because this is very unique. This is the revelation of Jesus as the lampstand of almond, almond rod lampstand. Look at that. You shall make a lampstand of pure gold. That means it's divine. Shall be of hammered work. That means price had to be paid. Its shaft, its branches, its bowels, uh, uh, bowls, its ornamental knobs and its flowers should be one piece. The six branches shall come out of its sides, three branches of the lampstand out of one side and three branches of the lampstand out of the other side. What are these branches, the six branches that are coming out of this lampstand? The church of Jesus Christ. Remember, they come out of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember how he was made out of Adam's side and became a bride? The church was made out of the pierced side of Jesus because we are still a part of Jesus. That's why he said, I am the wine and you are the branches. <laughs> That's a picture because I am the main center stem and out of me is the branches. So I am the church. The church comes out of my side. And look at how do we know what Tree this branches off. Look at the next verse. Three, how do you pronounce this? Bowls or bowl? Bowls. Three bowls shall be like almond blossoms on one branch. So these are almond branches. Almond blossoms. So obviously this is an almond lampstand. And three bowls like almond blossoms on the other branch with an ornamental knob and a flower. So for the six branches that come out of the lampstand. Let's look at the uh, lamp. Uh, uh, Exodus chapter 25 verse 37. You shall make seven lamps for it and you shall arrange its lamps so that they give their light in front of it. So this is very interesting. The six lamps faced the center lamp. So the six lamps at the end of each branch was a lamp and each of these lamps they all faced into the center looking at the center lamp. That means everybody got their light from the center lamp. That means everybody had to face the center lamp. And guess what? Look at Revelation chapter... Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 verse 20, uh, uh, 10 to 12. Now here is when John sees Jesus. And I was in the... I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Aleph and the Taf. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see, look at this. He's giving him a revelation of Jesus. Write in a book and send it to all the churches, the seven churches. Then verse 12, and I turned and I turned to see the voice. See, John had to turn to see the voice that spoke with me and having turned I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the golden lampstands one like the son of man clothed with the garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band his head and hair was white like wool and as white as snow and his eyes was like flame of fire his feet was like fine brass as in refined in a furnace and his voice like the sound of many waters he had in his hand seven stars out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was the sun shining in its strength and when I saw saw him I fell at his feet as dead but he laid his right hand on me and said to me do not be afraid I am the first and the last 
I am he who lives. Look at that. The same picture. I am Joseph who lives. I am, I am he who lives. And I'm, I was dead and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. I have the keys of hades and death. Write these things that you have seen and these things that are and the, these things that shall take place after me. Look at again. And he explains what the lampstands are. The mystery of the seven stars which you see in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands that you see are the seven churches. You can't be more clearer than this. The lampstand is the church. The lampstand is the church. So let's go back to Revelation chapter, uh, Exodus chapter 25. So the lampstand is the come. So what Jeremiah saw in uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 10 was, what do you see? What do you see? I see the branch of an almond tree. I see the branch of an almond tree. You see that thing? So this almond branch, this rod, this lampstand is who? Jesus. Jesus. Correct? But before Jeremiah could exercise authority over nations, he had to see Jesus. The moment he saw Jesus, the Lord said to Jeremiah in uh, chapter 1 verse 12, You have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. This is the key thing for every believer. Look at this. And I want you to concentrate on this verse. You have seen well. I am ready to perform my word. This you can apply in every situation in your life. If you're standing for a job. If you're waiting for an increase. You're waiting for a healing. You're waiting for a relationship issue. You're waiting for your children. You have to see Jesus. If you see Jesus. I'm ready to perform the word. Make sense? So you have to see him because remember your eyes is a lamp. Your lamp has to be look at Jesus. The moment you look at Jesus, you are full of light and God is able to work in your life. So it is, you, you have to stop looking at man. You have to look at the Lord Jesus Christ in all his beauty. You are not looking at the carpenter of Nazareth right now. What revelation of Jesus is important which will help you? It's not the carpenter revelation. It is not the fisherman revelation. It is not the Jewish man revelation. It is not the one crucified revelation. What revelation it is? The glorified Jesus of Revelation chapter 1, 2 and 3 is what is going to help you. Why is that? That Jesus when he was addressing the seven churches in Revelation to each one he declared something about himself. I am the one who holds the seven stars. I have the eyes that are burning with fire. I have the feet. I have the hands. Why is he mentioning that? Because he says, when you look at me, that is your hands. Remember, you are the lampstand also. If I am perfect, you are perfect, Jerry. You know, if I am strong, you are strong, Alkesh. You got it? Because you are part of this lampstand, because you are part of me. When you see me, you see yourself and I can I'm ready to do great work in your life okay very very let's go query quickly I'll show you this picture this is incredible look at what you know how Jacob prospered 
you know, Jacob was under a servant to Laban, his uncle. And Laban always deceived him and kept him bound and changed his wages like, what, seven times? And, uh, and, could, and so he, he was really suffering. But something happened that Jacob did that caused him to become very fruitful. What could that be? Now, Jacob took for himself rods. When you see the word rod in the Bible, your, all your antennas should stand up. It, now you're getting ready. For, the rod is the rod, the almond rod. Correct? Because once you see the almond rod, guess what happens? You suddenly become very fruitful. Let, let's see whether this picture works. Now, Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and of the chestnut trees. So which tree is there in this? The almond tree is there. Correct? Did you notice there are three trees in this? What is that a picture of? The Trinity. <laughs> because Jesus, the almond, is in the middle. He is the almond rod. And so he is actually seeing the Godhead there by putting these branches. And what does he do to the, uh, to the uh, rods? What does he do to it? Look at that. He peeled white strips in them and exposed the white. Say, expose the white. Expose the white. So what did, they, what did J Jacob do? So Jacob is peeling back the veneer of the appearance of who the person is. Like for instance, he's not, he's taking the almond rod and he's looking beyond the almond skin. He's looking beyond the skin and he's looking into the almond rod, which is white. See, when Jesus came on the earth, he looked like an ordinary Jewish guy. He just looked like any other man who walked, a rabbi who walked on the streets of Israel. But there were a few who looked beyond that and said, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, on this revelation, I will build my church. What revelation? The revelation of the white. Say the revelation of the white. You don't know how powerful this revelation is. Expose the white. Expose the white. When he exposed the white of the almond tree, and what did he do with the next thing? And the rods which he had peeled. Look at it. Very interesting. He set before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering trough where the flocks came to drink so that they, they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods and the flocks brought forth speck, uh, streaked, speckled and spotted. What happened? What happened? Look at verse 43. Thus the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks female and male servants, camels and donkeys. What was the secret? What was the secret? He, what's that, uh, Sushil? The almond rod. The, al the exposed almond rod. The moment you exposed your flocks to this almond rod, you became fruitful. The moment you get exposed to this almond rod, you become fruitful. Nothing, everything, living, everything dead becomes alive. In his presence. Like you want your children to be fruitful. What's the secret? Expose them to the white. Expose them to the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. They will automatically become fruitful. 
Don't have to waste your time on human psychology, human methods, human ways, human books. Expose them to the white of the Lord Jesus Christ. Expose to them to the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ as a gift. Because the, the way you see Jesus, you become like that. Do you see the picture? Expose the white. Let, let me go fast because I want you to get this very powerful. Okay, Exodus chapter 4 verse 1. Here is Moses has been called by God to lead Israel out of Egypt. Moses is just a shepherd at this point of time. He has no power. He, remember, he is, he's fled from uh, e Egypt because he killed another Egyptian. Now he is a, uh, what do you call it, an absconder? Not an absconder, what do you call Fugitive. You know, he's a fugitive right now. Living in, in the land of Midian, which is in the modern day Saudi Arabia, in the wilderness. So, and Moses, and God says, you'll have to lead Israel out. And Moses says, in Exodus chapter 4, verse 1, Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So his problem is what? He has to tell the people that God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to me. How does he do that? Look at God's solution. Let me preempt, preempt this as showing the verse and ask you, what do you think God will tell him in what we studied? <laughs> no, look. <laughs> look at what he said. What is in your hand? What is he getting ready to show to Moses? The rod. The rod. Because he, what rod is that? An almond rod. He's trying to get him to see Jesus. Because he says, because remember what was, what was Moses' complaint? Moses' issue. Moses is saying, what if they say the Lord has not appeared to you? But God says, what is in your hand? He says, it's a rod. Guess what? If you can see the rod, can you say that the Lord of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has appeared to you? Because that rod is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like, it's like you need to get this picture. If you have seen the lampstand, you have seen Jesus. I agree. Because Jesus is in the midst of the lampstand in Revelation chapter 1. So if, so if, if I say I've seen the almond rod, means what? I've seen Jesus because I am, I am also an almond rod. He is, in the, he is the center rod. And if I have seen the rod, I have seen Jesus. So Moses always had Jesus there, but he never saw him. So God gives him a revelation of Jesus. Look at how he does it. He said, and he said, cast it to the ground. He says, cast that rod to the ground. He cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in his hand that you may believe that the Lord God of Abraham, the Lord God of his fathers, the Lord, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. This is so powerful. Why did that rod become a serpent? The rod became a serpent because when Jesus came first to Israel, how did he come as? He became a serpent who died on a rod. Remember John chapter 3? If the Son of God be lifted up, like Moses lifted up the rod, and I will draw all men unto me. The problem was Israel rejected 
a crucified Jesus because for him the, uh, the cross was a sign of a curse. It was a serpent on a curse and they ran away from him just like Moses ran away from this rod. But God said don't run away from this rod which has become a serpent because it looks like a serpent for your sake because he's taking your sin. He's taking your evil. Now hold it by its tail. Why? Because that Lord who became crucified for you has become a savior right now, exalted at the Father's right hand. That's the revelation. That Jesus who became a serpent is now the savior of the world. Hold it. Don't run away from it. Let me prove it to you. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 53 verse 1. What does it say? Who has believed the report? To whom has the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, let me ask you a question. Who is God getting ready to tell about this report about? Jesus. The arm of the Lord is Jesus. So he says, who has believed our report? If I tell you about this arm of the Lord, you will not believe it because you are expecting to see a king seated in Israel. But he came in as a rod. As a serpent who would die on a rod. But look at what he says. Get ready for the rod. For he shall grow up before him like a tender plant as a root out of dry ground. Again, it's a talking about a rod, an almond rod that grew out, out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, comeliness. And when he saw him, there was no beauty that we should desire him. Look at the next verse. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. And he was despised and we did not esteem. Look at what he says. We hid as if our faces from him. This is what Israel did. Israel hid their face from a serpent, a rod which became a serpent. So, let's go to Revelation chapter, uh, sorry, Exodus chapter 7 verse 14. Okay, Exodus chapter 7 verse 9, sorry. When Pharaoh says to you, show a miracle for yourself, then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before the Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. Exodus, I, I think I'm not getting the right word. Okay, let's take the uh, Exodus chapter 7 verses 14. I think that's the right verse. Ex okay, then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart, his heart, he refuses to let the people go. So he says, go to Pharaoh in the morning. When he goes out by the water, you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him. And the rod which was turned to a serpent, you shall take in your hand. So he's, you see, all of, all of the miracles that happened in Egypt that got Israel out of Egypt, Moses did by a rod because that was the Lord Jesus Christ. With Jesus' name, he rescued Israel out of Egypt. The rod that became a serpent is the rod that Moses used to deliver Israel. Listen to this. The rod that became a serpent was the rod that Moses used to deliver Egypt. The Jesus who became sin for you, who died on the cross, is the rod right now that he will use to deliver you forever. His name is powerful and will deliver you forever. Okay. And we know in Numbers chapter 17 how Aaron's rod budded. And we'll not go to that. But let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 
14 verse 27. Here is the, uh, another issue, another example of the, the rod coming to picture. Jonathan, remember, he, Jonathan was fighting the Philistines and his father said, Un until, until I, I kill all of them, I will not drink any water or eat any food. But Jonathan had not heard his father charge the man with an oath. Therefore, he stretched out the end of the rod which was in his hand and dipped it in a honeycomb and put his hand to the mouth and his countenance brightened. Then one of the people said, your father strictly charged the people with an oath saying, cursed is the man who eats food this day. And Jonathan said, my father has troubled the land. Look now how much my countenance has brightened because I tasted a little of the honey. How much better if the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of the enemies which they have found. For now there would have been such great slaughter among the Philistines. So what, what Jonathan did was Jonathan dipped the rod and drank of the honey and his countenance brightened. So what the Lord Jesus, what the Holy Spirit is telling is drink of the honey of that rod. Drink of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't prevent your people from eating of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's go to Psalms chapter 23. In Psalms chapter 23, in, right in the middle of the psalm, there is a negative verse, right? Everything is positive in Psalms 23 except this one verse which appears negative. What does it say? Psalms 23 verse 4. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Right in the middle, in your darkest situation, guess what's with you? Your rod is with you. The Lord Jesus Christ is with you. Okay, let's go to Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1. I know I'm rushing through this because I want, you, I want to get this, uh, for you to get this completely in your spirit. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 says, There shall come a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of the counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Seven spirits that was in Revelation chapter 1, is the same seven spirits is right now on this rod. So it is the Lord Jesus Christ again. Remember, see, it's very clear what he refers to Jesus as. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. A rod from the stem of Jesse. Who is Jesse? Jesse is the father of David. And Jesus came from the lineage of Jesse. So he is the rod that Jesus, the Holy Spirit is talking about. Okay, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 40 verse 2. And here is Ezekiel being shown a picture of God's temple. And guess what? What does he use to measure that temple? Let's see the verse, Ezekiel chapter 40 verse 4. And the, and, and the man said to me, Son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears and fix your mind on everything I show you. For you were brought here so that I might show to you, declare to the house of Israel everything you see. And there was a wall all around the outside of the temple. In the man's hand was a measuring rod. See, when you see the word rod in the Bible, you remember, everything should alert you because something is about Jesus out here. How, how long is the rod? Here's the measurement of that rod. How long is the rod? 
in the man's hand was a measuring rod how many cubits long? Six cubits. Six because it's a perfect measure of a man. Because the Lord Jesus was a man. So the rod is the perfect man. Jesus. Let's look at, let's look at uh, Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4 verse 10. So Esther has been, Esther, uh, Mordecai told Esther to go to the king and plead for the Jews. So Esther told to Hatak and gave him a command for Mordecai. And he said this. All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that a man or a woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been, co who has not been called, he has but one law. One law. See, this is how the kingdom of God operates. It operates about a rod. <laughs> this is so powerful. There is one law in this kingdom. This was the, this was the law in, in, in uh, which, king, which kingdom was this? Of Persia. Look at what this says. What does the law say? The law says, put all to death except the one whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. That means in, no one can go before the king except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter. See, in this kingdom, unless you are, the king holds out that rod to you, you cannot come into his presence. Okay, let's go to Esther chapter 5 verse 1. Esther chapter 5 verse 1. This is beautiful. This is a picture of church. This is a church of a picture of believers, and this is a picture of you. It happened on the third day. Remember, we are we live in the third day, the day that Jesus has been resurrected. The church is a product of the third day. We are of risen Christ. It happened on the third day. Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace. Very critical. This is a very interesting situation. What will happen right now? Will she die or will she live? How? Why does she live? Look at the law. The law says if you walk into the presence of the king and if the king does not hold out the scepter to you, you will die. So Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the king's palace, which is where we are. As believers, we are in the inner court, in the king's presence, across from the king's house, where the king sat on his royal throne, in the royal house, facing the entrance of the house. And it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. And what did Esther do? Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. And the king said, what is your wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. Look at the verse, Psalms chapter 45, verse 6. Your throne, O Lord, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Jesus Christ is the scepter of the kingdom of God. When he is your rod, you have to kiss him. You have to touch him like Esther touched him. You need to love this rod. You need to love the scepter. When you touch this rod, you touch favor. Say favor. Amen. Favor. Touch favor. 
favor. You touch the scepter, you touch favor. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8. Now here is a very clear example of that rod and that scepter. But to the son, he says, look at the word he, H is capitalized. Who is he talking about? God the father. I, I don't know how many of you have seen this verse, but this is very powerful. Have you seen a verse where God the Father calls God the Son God? Do you know a verse where God the Father calls God the Son God? Here is the verse. Look at that. But to the Son, He says, Father says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. <laughs> wow. This is, so, I mean, God the Father calls Jesus Christ God and says what? What is the most important thing about his throne? He says, a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. And to whom is the scepter uh, uh, pointing towards? No. <laughs> the scepter is pointing towards whom? To us. Because he's declaring this. He's declaring you favor towards you. He's declaring the scepter towards you. Just like Esther. You are into his, in, his, in his inner court. You are clothed with his righteousness. But the scepter, this rod is before you. And what you do is you touch it. You kiss it. You love it. Because your, throw, your scepter of righteousness, this righteousness of the Lord. Remember what did Jacob do? Jacob peeled the almond rod and expose the white. What is white in the Bible always a picture of? Righteousness. Righteousness. White is always a picture of righteousness. Once you expose the white of Jesus Christ, the, ex the righteousness of Jesus Christ, guess what? It brings favor for you. I mean, the church has been preaching uh, for so many years of righteousness of Jesus Christ as a burden for you, as a method to condemn you, as a rod to hit you, as a rod to beat you. I'm sorry. <laughs> the righteousness of God, Jesus Christ, is a gift that you are supposed to be exposed to to receive favor. You don't run away from this righteousness. You get exposed to this righteousness. Do you, do you understand? Do you see the picture? Do you see the picture? The picture is you get exposed to the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So walk into his presence. Meditate on his beauty. Oh my goodness. The more you do this, the more favor comes upon you. Like Esther received favor. How much favor did Esther receive? If you answer this, you got it. How much favor did Esther give? Half the kingdom. Half the kingdom. Half the kingdom. How much favor will you receive in this in, in God's kingdom? Say all the kingdom. All the kingdom. All the kingdom. See, the king of Persia could not give all the kingdom. <laughs> because even he could not trust uh, Esther. But God the Father sends, gives all the kingdom to Jesus. And Jesus in John chapter 17 says, All the things have been delivered to me and I will give all of it to you. All the kingdom has come to you because you got exposed to the white. Say, God, I got exposed to the white. I got exposed to the white. Get ready for great victories. Amen. Amen? Get exposed to the white. 
get exposed to the white. Very, very powerful. There are so many verses. I'm going to rush today. I'm not going to meditate on all the verses because there are too many. Okay, let's go to uh, Psalms chapter 119 verse, Psalms 119 is divided alphabetically, Aleph to Taf. It's like, it's like A to Z. And it is broken up into A, B, C, D till Z in English. But in, it's written in Hebrew. So it's written as Aleph, Beth. So if you look at Psalms, has every, does everybody have Psalms 119? Can you open it up? Do you, does everybody got Psalms 119? I want you to see the picture of the rod of Psalms 119. Say the rod. The rod. Psalms 119. Did everybody get Psalms 119? I want you to open your Bibles. This is very important because unless you see it in a physical Bible, you'll not get the picture. Okay, uh, drop the electronic versions and go to the uh, print version. So everybody has it? Okay. Look at Psalms 119. Look at, you see the breakup? Aleph, Beth, Gimel, Dalet, hey, wow. If you want to learn Hebrew alphabets, this is a great chapter because it is written in the original. Okay? Let's keep reading. Zayin, Het, Tet, Yod, Kaf, Lamed, Mem, Nun, Semek, Ayin, Pe, Year of Pe. That means the year of the mouth. 2020 was the year of the mouth. Pe, Sed, Kyop. Resh, Shin, Ta. Remember Jesus in Revelation said, I'm, a, I'm Aleph and Taf. That is the Bible. Aleph, I'm the first and I'm the last. So he's also talking about this. Do, do, you, do, you, do you think the rod will show up in this book? What do you think? The rod should show up in this book, correct? Okay, let me give you a secret. Every, every alphabet in the Hebrew Bible is also a picture. Aleph is ox. Beth is house. That's why it's called Bethlehem. Remember, we are right now in Christmas. Bethlehem means house, Beth of Lehem. Lehem means bread. So Bethlehem means house of bread. So Beth is house, correct? So every word has a picture. There is one word in the Bible, in the Hebrew alphabet, which is a rod. Which word is that? Lamed. Say Lamed. Lamed. Okay, so let's go to Lamed in, the, in Psalms 119. And if you go to Psalms 119, look at Lamed. 89 to 96 refers to Lamed, means the rod. You got it? So what does it say? Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So this rod is settled. Remember, this is a rod that does not shake. It does not move. It is settled in heaven. Look at what the last verse says. I have seen the consumption of all perfection. Oh my goodness. This is such a rich language. <clears throat> What is the psalmist saying? He's saying, I have seen the consumption of 
I have seen the consummation of all perfection. So what has David seen in this lament? The moment he saw the rod, he said, I have seen it. I don't have to see anything more. I have seen the consumption of all perfection. Let me ask you a question. What is the consumption of all perfection? Sorry, consummation of all perfection. Jesus, but no, not, a, not about Jesus, in terms of that word. What does the word mean? Consummation of all perfection. That means that's a place where it is some total of all perfection. Some total of all perfection. Can you even imagine that perfection can have a consumption? <laughs> Consummation? Can perfection, you always think that everything can be better, correct? Everything can be made better. Everything can be better. But if, if, if I told you, I'm going to bring you to a place where you have seen the consummation of all perfection, what will you say to me? There is the ultimate. That means you should have seen God at this point of time. Correct? And where does it show up? It shows up in Lamed in Psalms 119. Who is this consummation of, of all perfection? The Lord Jesus Christ. The moment you see Jesus, so Jesus is that rod. Say, Jesus is that rod. Jesus, Jesus is my lamed. Lamed, he is the, he is the staff. Okay? Okay. Okay, this is exciting. I, I get so excited when I tell it. You, you know the, the faith chapter? where the Hebrews chapter of faith, where there is a verse written about every person of faith, and, and it, there is one quality about that one verse, man, every time. Just one verse. And it will be the most important aspect of that man. Yes or no? It's the hall, it's the, it is the, what do you call the, the hall of faith. Of, it is Hebrews chapter 11. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. So, in this verse, in this chapter, very few verses are given for each chap, each person. Like, for example, uh, Abraham. Uh, look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham obeyed. Got it? So, he, that's how it is. By faith, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. By faith, Sarah herself received strength. To conceive. So he picks up one quality of their faith journey and highlights it. What do you think is the most important aspect about Jacob that the Bible records for history about his faith? <laughs> Leaning on his staff. <laughs> of all the things that Jacob did. Let's look at that verse. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 21. By faith, Jacob when he was dying blessed each of his sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. So what does the Bible record as great faith of Jacob leaning on a staff? Why is that so important? Because who was he leaning on? Jesus. He was leaning on the lamed, the staff, the staff of Jesus Christ. See how God views Jacob's journey. Of all the things that is important, he says, I will record that, that he leaned 
on his staff. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful that he got all his victories by leaning on his staff? Is there a verse in the Bible which talks about leaning on Jesus? Okay, here is the verse. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You see, it says what you should not lean on. What should you lean on? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. So when you, as a believer, are lean, are lean, it's good to lean. But lean on lament, the Lord Jesus Christ. See him, look at him. Amen? Okay, let's go to quickly to, let's go to Luke chapter, Luke chapter 10. Verse 17. Okay, we'll, we'll read this. Then the 70, this is Jesus appointing 70 disciples and sending them out to heal uh, and to preach the gospel. So when the 70 returned with joy, saying, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus, and Je and Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Okay, let's look at this. So the 70 returned with joy, saying what? Saying, Jesus, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So let me ask you a question. I want you to unmute your mics and tell me, what revelation did these disciples get about Jesus? In Jesus' name. You got it? They got a revelation on the authority of Jesus' name. Correct? Correct? Look at, look at what he says. The moment they got the revelation of the authority of Jesus' name, what did Jesus give them? He gives them authority. You see, when you get a revelation of Jesus, you get authority. The moment they got a revelation, see that revelation, they had to get it. Who gave them that revelation? Who gave them that revelation? God the Father gave him. So, but the moment they got a revelation of the name of Jesus, they got authority. Look at the next verse. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Let me ask you a question. This is what I was telling you right from the beginning of this Bible study. When they got a revelation of what? What did they receive right now? They got a revelation of their name. Do you see this? Jesus says, rejoice not that you have authority over demons, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Do you see the picture? <laughs> see, they got a revelation of Jesus' name. Jesus says, yes, you have a revelation. Let me tell you, your name is written in heaven. I'm telling you, that's a secret. You get a revelation of something of Jesus, God, in turn, gives you the benefit of that revelation for you. So in this case, they got a revelation of their name. What was the revelation about their name that they received? Our names are written in heaven. Do you see the power of revelation? 
of Jesus and they got it as a gift. They didn't have to work for it, but they saw a revelation of that rod. One aspect about that rod, the moment they saw that, they got it for themselves. How much time will you spend now studying about Jesus? A lot. Because what you study about Jesus gets imputed to you as a gift. You see the picture? Let's look at this next verse. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. So who revealed this power of Jesus to the disciples? The Father. Who, and look at what he says. You hid it from the wise and the prudent and you revealed it to these disciples. Then you look at what the next verse. All things have been delivered to me by my Father and no one knows who the Son is except the Father. I want you to repeat. No one knows who the Son is. Except the Father. And who the Father is except the Son and the one to whom the Son reveals. So if you need to have a revelation of who Jesus is, who has to give it? The Father has to give it. The Father can decide not to give this revelation to certain people and he can give it to certain people. What is the power of this revelation? The moment you get this revelation, you become like that. That is why Jesus is where the God the Father is very possessive on who he gives this revelation of Jesus. Look at what he says. Next verse. I want you to focus on these words. Luke chapter 10, verse 23. He turned to his disciples and said privately. Say privately. privately. Why? Why privately? Yeah, because nobody else has got this revelation. Who gave them that revelation? The Father. So it's a very select few who have got this revelation at this point of time. What did they get a revelation of? Jesus. Jesus and his, the power of his name. Correct? So they got a revelation. So he says, he calls them privately because this revelation... See, even... Just think about it. This revelation is so powerful that Jesus could not give it to whosoever. The father had to decide, hey, don't give it to Herod. Don't give it to John the Baptist. Don't give it to this person. Don't give it to Nicodemus. Don't give it to uh, Gamaliel. Don't give it to... Anyway. He says, give... He's, he, the father decided, you what? You pick up these 70... I will tell you and I will give them a revelation. The moment they got this revelation, they became very powerful. They started casting out demons because they got a revelation of the power of Jesus' name. I want you to think about it. Look at what he says in Jesus' next verse. What does he say? He turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you, many prophets... Many prophets and kings have desired to see what you have seen 
and have not seen it and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. Think about it. It's so powerful that many prophets, which prophets? Daniel, Ezekiel, Moses, Jeremiah, Isaiah, they all wanted to see a revelation of this almond rod. Remember, they only got a part of it. They got an almond rod. They got a cloud, a pillar of cloud. They got a, a rod that became a serpent. They never got to see the revelation of who Jesus is. And they longed for it. In fact, Daniel pleaded with Jesus at that point of time, at that angel. The voice that came saying is, when will these things be? When will these things be? And the angel said, and that was Jesus actually at that point of time telling him, the books are sealed. You rest and sleep. At your fullness, you will get to see. Not right now. Like when uh, Moses, he wanted to go into the promised land to see this revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, no, you cannot. Your Joshua will see it. But Joshua also could not see it. Nobody could see this revelation. The first people who could see it with these 12 disciples and these 70 disciples. You see the power of revelation? The moment they got this, they started becoming supernatural and powerful. Okay. I, I was going to tell you about the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus transfigured before them and showed themselves. But we will not cross that. Let's go, into, uh, go on to the next verse. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1 and we'll close very soon. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Remember, the Father gives this revelation by choice. Look at the verse. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. And this is the revelation. And, I, and this is my heart. My heart is, and I've been sharing with Milu, and I've been sharing with others. I'm saying is, you have to meditate on Revelation chapter 1, 2, 3. Guys, Spend time seeing the resurrected Jesus. This revelation is for your benefit. See, people have told you not to read the book of Revelation because it looks as if it's a threatening letter. But now that you understood this, this revelation is for your benefit. Look at Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. You have to see Joseph exalted in Egypt. Because then you can hold fast to the confession and, part, and be a partaker of all the benefits of this revelation. You got it? Okay, let's look at this. Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. I want you to underline this verse. This is the purpose of this book of Revelation. The revelation of whom? Of the Antichrist? Of the end times? Of the false prophet? Of the beast? The revelation of Jesus Christ which God the Father gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And look at what he says. Verse 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who re hear the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written in it for the time is at hand. See, look at the verse. What did Jesus say? Blessed are your eyes that see. You got it? So this is what he says, blessed are you if you read this revelation. Because how can you see this revelation? You can only see it with your spiritual eyes by reading these words. So when you read Revelation chapter 1, 2 and 3 about Jesus, 
and how great is, how powerful it is. Remember, it is for your benefit. He says, I have the power over the nations. And he says in another chapter, you have the power over the nations. He says, I have a name. He says, I have written on you that name. I am, behold, I am alive and uh, I was dead and alive forevermore. And he says, you are alive. And no one can take you out from my, uh, from my presence. So look at the benefit. Blessed are you. I would say meditate on the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ in Revelation. The resurrected Jesus. The powerful Jesus. And you becomes, the moment you get revelation, you get authority. The moment you get revelation, you get authority. You, when you get revelation, you get authority. In whatever area you need authority for. It could be material, physical, financial, whatever area. You suddenly get great authority and power. Get a revelation. Get exposed to the white. You got it? Okay. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1 verse. Okay. that We, we already covered that. Let's go to... Acts chapter 26. This is Jesus. Now, Jesus appearing to Paul. Jesus appeared to Paul. What, what was his first response? Before God could use Paul, God had to give Jesus, uh, give Paul what? A revelation of Jesus Christ. Same principle. It applies right now. Look at what he says. And this is, this, this is a beautiful chapter, Acts chapter 26, because it tells the testimony of that incident in Paul's own words. Let's read it very carefully because this is very powerful. Because Paul had great authority. In his lifetime, he preached the gospel to the known world. Who? How did he get this great authority? Look at the key. Let's read Acts chapter 26, verse 12 onwards. Very simple in his own words. While thus occupied, that means he was persecuting the church, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. What was the light that he saw brighter than the sun? The Lord Jesus Christ. Remember in Revelation chapter 1, his face is brighter than the sun. He's brighter than the sun because he is Jesus. He, remember, when you see Jesus of Revelation, you see him like this, like Paul saw, brighter than the sun. Okay? And when we had all fallen to the ground, that means what? Flesh profits nothing. <laughs> Flesh profits nothing. All your legs, all your hands, all your intellect is of no use before the revelation of Jesus Christ. You fall as dead. But even in that state, you can hear a voice. Because God says, flesh profits nothing. My words, they are spirit, they are life. See, when you don't have your flesh in the way, you need the words of Jesus Christ and the words of Jesus Christ gives you strength. Very simple principle. And I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language. I love this. What language does Jesus speak in heaven? Hebrew. <laughs> it's very, very, very clear. I know he can speak in all different languages. This 
is what he closes to. He says, saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This is the resurrected Jesus Christ. Why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Look at what he says. So, so I said, see now at this point of time, he doesn't know that this is Jesus. He said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus. He got a revelation of Jesus. The moment he got a revelation of Jesus, guess what happens? He got authority. But stand, rise and stand for your feet, for I have appeared for you for this purpose, to make you a minister and witness both of the things which you have seen and the things that I have yet to reveal. Look at the next word, authority. Say authority. authority. Look at this word. I will deliver you from the Jewish people. I will deliver you from the Jewish people. That's authority. You see, this is the power that came. You remember how many times the Jews tried to kill Paul in his ministry? In fact, they stoned him outside Damascus. But what happened to him? Cannot kill him. Cannot kill him. Why? Because he had a revelation of Jesus. The moment he had a revelation of Jesus, he had authority to be delivered. You see the power of that revelation? The revelation of Jesus gave him great authority to be delivered from all evil. Just like the 70 disciples, they could cast out demons from right, left and center because they had authority because they had seen the revelation of the power of the name of Jesus. Look at what he says. To open their eyes. See, the moment your eyes are open to the revelation of Jesus, in order to turn them from the darkness to light, to darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. That's a beautiful chapter, a verse. I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to highlight that verse on this presentation. I'm not sure how to do it, but look at it. Underline each of those words. To open their eyes, underline that. That's how revelation comes. Revelation comes by your eyes being opened to how great Jesus Christ is. Open your eyes. Underline that. Underline the next verse. The moment your eyes are opened, you, you are turned from darkness to light. Underline that. Darkness to light. Then, the moment you get light, because you got revelation, guess what happens? You get power from Satan to God. Now you get power from God. Underline that. From power of Satan to God. And then, look at what is the benefit of it. You receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance. In those two words, you have everything that you need for life. You got an inheritance and you got forgiveness of sins. Now, if you have forgiveness of sins, none of the diseases of the book of the law can come upon you. You will never need Dr. J.R. services. <laughs> because none of the curses of the book of the law will come upon you. But he is good for the rest of the world. But he, you don't need him to treat you. Because guess what? That's, that's a revelation you need to have. Correct? That you will be now, because you have, your sins are forgiven, so the, book, the curses of the book of the law can never come upon you. Amen? Do you believe it? Even for yourself, 
You don't need anybody's services. You don't need. So, and then you get an inheritance. That means all that Jesus has, you have. Remember the king, king of Persia told Esther up to half the kingdom. Here is your full kingdom. How did it start? It started from your eyes being opened, from darkness to light, and from power of Satan to God, and the forgiveness of sins and an inheritance to this. And look at the testimony of Paul. Look at this. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Look at again that picture, revelation of Jesus. See, Paul had a revelation of who Jesus was because he saw his face, Bobby, brighter than the noonday sun. And guess what he did? He says, I was obedient to that vision. Means what? I held on to that vision. And what happened? I declared first to those who in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turning to God and do works befitting of repentance. For these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day, I stand. <laughs> there is a picture. <laughs> it's like the Jews tried to kill me. All my ministry. But they could never do it. And here I stand. This is at the end of Paul's life. He says, till the last day, nobody could touch me. Why? Why did you answer this question? Why could nobody touch Paul? Jesus prophesied. Because of the revelation. The revelation of Jesus gave him the authority of Jesus. Repeat after me. The revelation of Jesus gives me the authority of Jesus. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, if you walk in this revelation, you would devour the book of Revelation. You will eat it up. Every word, you will chew on it till the last juice comes out of it. Because the more you read about it, the more you see who he is. Remember, the disciples had a little revelation of Jesus when they was walking on the earth. They never had this full revelation that God the Father gave John in the book of Revelation. And he says, go, give them this food. So Jonathan took the rod. Jonathan took a rod, dipped the end of his rod into a little honey. <laughs> little honey. And just licked it. And guess what? His countenance brightened up. Just with the tip of the rod, with a drop of honey just licking it how much more when you eat him don't tell me you cannot be healed don't tell me you cannot be prosperous don't tell me that you don't have authority over all your enemies he says rejoice that you don't have power over the enemy no power of the enemy can come over you rejoice because your names are written in heaven Oh my goodness, that is why Paul, Jesus says, write what you have seen, John, to the seven churches and send it to them as letters. I am telling you, you should read the seven letters that Jesus writes to the churches. Don't read it with dread. 
No, read it with the fact that this is a benefit for me. Who he is, is for my benefit. And I'm, we'll study that. How to read those seven letters as a benefit to me. The revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, live in this great revelation. Because now you have great authority. 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 And I will close with this one verse. And I want you to do this homework yourself. In There are three eyewitness accounts of the transfiguration of Jesus in the three Gospels. Beautiful. I mean, it's so important that every Gospel writer, synoptic Gospels, what he says, the eyewitness account of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all record the, the transfiguration of Jesus. It is so important because everybody wanted them, every one of us believers to know that Jesus on the earth was an exalted Jesus. He peeled back the almond rod and showed you the white for a little period. And each of those writers were so moved by that. In fact, 2 Peter recounts that incident and says this about that. 2 Peter, 2 Peter, I'm trying to get 2 Peter, hold on. Second Peter 1 verse 16. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitness of his majesty. For he received from God. He's talking about that incident on that Mount of Transfiguration. He says he received honor and glory when such a voice came to him from that excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came down from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And look at the verse 19. Underline this verse. We have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light which shines in a dark place. Remember that verse that Paul said? This revelation of Jesus Christ is a light which shines in a dark place because you are right now on the earth which is a dark place. But you have this revelation. So for you, it's a light that shines in a dark place. Say it's a dark place on the earth. But I have a light. And that light is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you get this? Do you get this picture? It's the same, same words that Peter is using that Paul, Paul used. As a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in the yard. The day dawns when Jesus comes for us in the rapture. That's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Until then, what is the light that you have in this world? The light is your eyewitness account of the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. How do... Let, let me ask you a question. You were not on the Mount of Transfiguration. Then how come you have an eyewitness account of that majesty? Alkesh? How do you think you have that? It's good for Peter to say that. We have the word. 
you have the eyewitness account in Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. He says, I'm writing to you an eyewitness account of who Jesus is right now. Live on it. Live on it. You have, you have a superior eyewitness account more than what Peter saw. Peter saw again through a cloud. You saw clearly. And, Jesus, and God took Jesus, uh, John into the very throne room and saw Jesus between the lampstands, glorified and exalted. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, I don't know what this word is going to do, but this will create incredible breakthroughs in your life. If a peeled almond rod can make Jacob prosperous, what will the unveiled Christ do for you? Wow. What will the unveiled Christ do for you? Get ready for billions to coming your way. Because if you see Jesus prosperous, you are going to be extremely prosperous. If you think his name has power, what do you think your name is in heaven? Angels confess your name. Jesus confesses your name in the throne room of God among angels. Your name, Bobby, is known in heaven. When you pray, they say, Bobby is praying. Or Sushil is praying. Your name is known in heaven. The revelation of Jesus brings you great authority. Let's just pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Jesus. We give you glory, O Master. We thank you, Lord, because these are the days of great revelation that are going to be flow like water. Water. Like waters cover the sea, the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ will flow upon your sons and daughters to give them great authority during this time on the earth. For we are coming into an end time season. An end time season where the creation is groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. But this manifestations of the sons of God can only happen when they have a manifestation of the glory of the risen Christ. Oh, Master, I pray that you will give these my believers, my family members, oh Lord, your revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ in visions, in dreams, in meditating on your word, oh Master. And they will see the beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our, our children shall see this and they will rejoice. Father, Lord, and great victory shall abound, O Master. For great revelation brings great authority according to your word, O Master. And Father, that it shall come to pass in these days, O Lord. And there will be a testimony of the works that you have done in the earth because of this word, O Lord. Great revelation of Jesus brings great authority for you. Great revelation of Jesus brings great power working, manifesting for you. Great, the revelation of Jesus makes all things that are impossible to become possible for you. And there are some of you who will take authority over the affairs of this nation and call for those things that are not as though they are. And it will happen, not for a multitude, but because you 
knew who you are in the very throne room of God. For you have stood as Esther stood in the very throne room of the Father and my scepter of righteousness is been extended to you and you have kissed it, says the Father. And because you have kissed it, all of my inheritance is yours. Ask what you may and it shall be given to you. For you shall rejoice for my scepter is your scepter. Exercise authority in your dominion, says the Father. For your dominion is a dominion that shall never be taken away. Your kingdom is a kingdom that shall never end. Oh, worship you, Lord Jesus Christ. We exalt you, Lord Jesus Christ. We exalt you, Lord Jesus Christ. We worship you, Lord Jesus Christ. And we bless you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I hear doorbells ringing. I hear doorbells ringing. Doorbells ringing. You'll say the hour is late. It's almost time. But the package has not come. I say, I hear doorbells ringing. It says, I behold, I stand at the door and knock. Open the door that you might see the risen Christ. Open the sea because you have believed what you have thought of me in the past. But open the door and see an exalted Christ, says the Father. Open the door for my son knocks at your door. Open it and see for I am not as you think I am. I am the one who walks in the midst of the lampstand, glorified and highly exalted before whom you have no strength to stand. But yet you stand because of my word towards you, but not because of your strength. Hallelujah. Stand up and fear not, for you stand before me and no one can pull you down. The Lord says there are people who are afraid of politics in their workplace. The Lord says, I have turned the tables for you, says the Lord. I know how to turn the tables of the wicked. For I love the righteous. And I will uphold his cup. And no power can snatch it from you. For I will stand with you just as I stood with Paul. Against all the schemes of the enemy against you. For I know who I can uphold. For no one can snatch you out of my hand. My favor towards you is an everlasting favor, not temporary. And my word is settled in heaven that I have forever loved you. So don't be afraid to walk into my presence and ask of me for things concerning your children, says the Lord. So do you think that you have to work concerning your children while you have to rest concerning other things? The Lord says, no. For in my revelation of who I am as a father, you will have a revelation how great a parent you are. So rejoice in that revelation, says the father, for no plan of the enemy concerning your seed shall prosper. Oh, we worship you. We thank you. So Lord, these will be the seasons of great tidings for families, says the Lord. And I will you will welcome 2021 with shouts of joy. 
with shouts of joy, you will welcome and enter into this new year, says the Lord. You will enter with shouts of joy for the one who's gone before has the spirit of joy over him for the spirit of gladness and the oil of gladness on Jesus is more than all his fellows. So if he is hilarious and joyful entering into this year, how much more you, says the Lord. So shout with joy and enter with thanksgiving for your ways have been made smooth for you into this year. And you will enter into this year without debt, without evil following you. And I will cut off all the chariots of Pharaoh and they will be troubled and the sea will never cross over into the next year, says the Lord. The Egyptians you saw this year, you will never see again in your life. Hallelujah. The fears that you had this year, you will never have in your life again. For you have seen me exalted and lifted high. I thank you, Father, for this word. Lord, let it multiply and bear a thousandfold return. For if Jacob would prosper because of a peeled almond rod, how much more, O oh Lord Jesus, when we see you unveiled faces. We see you with unveiled faces in all your beauty. And we thank you and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.